Welcome to Precious Predicaments with Jeanette Abney. Our program is about turning the negative challenges in your life into positive experiences. If you feel that life's issues are bogging you down and there is no hope in sight, you've arrived where you need to be. We'll discuss the challenges and offer solutions that you can start working on immediately. Now, here is your host, Jeanette Abney. Good morning. And welcome to another exciting episode of Precious Predicament with Jeanette Abbott. First and foremost, giving honor to my Heavenly Father. And I also want to say, as is indicated in the song, if the Lord never does anything else for me, He's already done enough. Now, today, along with my special guest, and should I say guest, meaning more than one, we're going to be talking about an issue. That has affected many, and some may think that they have it under control. Others try to ignore the matter, and some of us, we just want to go run and hide. So today I picked the topic, and the topic is about help my kids are out of control. So without further ado, I first want to introduce my sister from another mother, and thank you for coming through. Even though you're out of town, we still made it happen. So I want to introduce Dr. Lisa Romaine. Well, good morning. It is a pleasure to be here coming to you live from the ATL, beautiful Atlanta, Georgia. Okay. And, Lisa, who do you have there with you? Oh, I have my guest, um, Dr. Monique Earl-Lewis, and we have Dr. Um, Salema Clark as well, um, both movers and shakers at Morehouse College. So it's a uh, Nice to be on air with you this morning. Well, thank you. I appreciate you because I was like, okay, how are we going to get this done? Because if you put me out there by myself, ain't no telling what the heck I may say. So, now, today's episode description is talking about parenting issues. And a lot of times when we look in, we're listening to the news, we're watching what's on Facebook, there's a lot of stuff going on. Now, as we know, parenting today is not like it used to be. People, places, things have changed, some for the better and some perhaps for the worse. Many parents today are struggling with their children's behavior, and as being a parent, we know that it didn't come with a manual. Summer is here, kids are bored, don't have nothing to do, and parents are stressed out. Some are single parents, co-parents. You know, we have grandparents raising children. We have all kinds of things happening in our society today. But the thing is, as we're being faced with these challenges, we don't know what to do. So today, Lisa, along with the guests, we want to talk about and discuss healthy ways to parent children. I also want to bring to attention the old parenting style versus the new parenting style. Because we know, you know, sometimes the old stuff works, sometimes we've got to try something new. I also want to address how to redirect inappropriate behavior for children between the ages of birth and the legal age of an adult. And our goal today is to help individuals believe, to help them to believe that if their kids are out of control, that we can try to not only help them, but also help the child. Because there's a lot of things and underlying issues that, you know, Lisa, I don't think that we really understand as a parent, because we were taught, Mm -hmm. like, do as I say, not as I do. And we don't know what's going on with our kids. So... We're going to be providing appropriate parenting skills and education and support and also resources. So, Lisa, let's talk about this help my kids out of control. When I came up with that topic and we discussed it, what was your thoughts on that? 
<laughs> Interesting, um, Lee, when you said that, I thought, wow, you know, um, gone are the days when I used to think that, um, you know, little ones were going to be a challenge because all of my little ones um, are adults now. They're young adults. But um, as I reflected on the topic, I thought, you know, a lot of uh, parents are also um, wanting to understand how can I interact with, you know, adult children who are out of control as well. And uh, mm-hmm. it was exciting to even think about we were, you know, going to be talking about this topic. But what I wanted to have the listeners maybe get some insight on is um, who um, are going to be speaking with you today. So I wanted um, not only to reintroduce myself but also my guests so that uh, they can have a little bit of a foundation with regard to um, who's going to be speaking on the topic because we all have adult children and we have grandchildren and, you know, everybody um, is out of control in one way or another. So um, just as a a recap, um, being um, in the field of higher education, not only do I see young people out of control, but primarily uh, adults who have not learned how to communicate effectively, and they are out of control. So I spend a lot of my time in higher education. And as a psychologist, I work a lot with um, individuals in the business arena um, in corporate training and leadership development and find that um, people are out of control as well. And a lot of that stems from um, just the grounding that they didn't get the good foundation when they were um, young individuals. And working with you as a therapist, Jeanette, you know, we see a lot of people who come in the office who, you know, know. Um, are out of control as well. <laughs> so I uh, just want to share that information um, as well. What, what are your thoughts about this, Dr. Monique Earl-Lewis, and, and share with them what you do at Morehouse College as well? Well, greetings, and thank you so much for allowing um, us to join you today. Uh, we're grateful to have Dr. Romain here with us in Atlanta, um, but we're also we're also excited to be able to contribute to the good work that you're both doing. Um, as Dr. Romain said, my name is Dr. Monique Earl Lewis. I am the director of the Faculty Development Center I'm currently at Morehouse College, um, but I'm an organizational psychologist um, by training. And when she first mentioned the topic to me, um, I thought it was appropriate, particularly with everything that's going on um, in our nation and seeing some of the um, protests that we've been having here in Atlanta um, around the um, recent killings. But one of the things that I thought about initially was that when we look at or think about children who are out of control, my first thought went to the parenting. If the issues are not connected Mm -hmm. to some organic, you know, psychological or chemical, you know, imbalance, then we're actually looking at a parenting issue um, that contributes to the behavior that we're seeing in our children. And you know what? And that is so true. And I'm terrible with names, so I don't want to say the wrong names. But my mother used to always say, behind every bad kid, sometimes there's a bad parent. And it's not that people are bad. I saw a book, and I was sharing it with um, Dr. Lisa Romaine, and I'm going to purchase it. And one of the, what the book said was, I'm not bad. I am mad. And yes. as we know, there's not a responsible parent on the planet who hasn't struggled sometimes with some of the things, whether it's getting our kids to obey or it can be, um, you know, one of the experiences where your kid is just basically out of control in regards to being disrespectful. And see, another thing is 
when we talk about this challenge, and a lot of times we talk about, well, you know, beat their butt, do this, do that. And the thing is, we also have to, in our parenting, we have to know our parenting style. Because yes. our parenting styles is a little bit different. It's pretty much the same as our personality and our parenting, our communication. It's what we do. It's who we are. Now, with these types yes. of styles, our kids, and kids are learning quick. I told my daughter-in-law that when you change, he will change in regards to my grandkids. Because I tell people all the time, I was a kid that I didn't realize that I was mad but I was totally out of control. And another thing I want to say before we even talk about these parenting styles is when we talk about the old versus the new, a lot of times we talked about respect. But it wasn't even just respect. We try, Our parents tried to scare us. Our parents tried to put that fear in us, and as they tried to put the fear in us, they thought we would get in line. But that right now, that's not working. What do you think about Jeanette, the, you the old versus parenting style? Um, you are so right. Um, when you were speaking, um, one of the things that I thought about, um, as psychologists, we basically learned in general that there are three parenting styles in terms of being either authoritative, authoritarian, mm-hmm. or permissive. But one of the things that you said in one of your previous podcasts um, was let your no be no and let your mm-hmm. yes mean yes. And so I think you're right that sometimes when, as parents, and I am the parent of one son um, who's uh, about to turn 25, Joshua, and one of the things that I think that you uh, referenced was that it's important for kids to have those boundaries, to have reliable structures, otherwise they will be mad because it's confusing to them to not know what the limits are to their behavior. You know what, and that is so true because that was my issue growing up is that I was so confused, I was so angry, and I wasn't scared of my parents. And once it got to the point that where I wasn't scared of my parents, it was a challenge. But, see, I may not have been afraid, even though my mother would walk around, and my mother was one, she would pick up anything. I would have been had crutches thrown at me. I would have been here, side the head, you name it, or even putting a gun up to my head. My mother didn't tried it all. But all it did was made it worse. And mm-hmm. my, the only person I could say as a child that I may have been like, uh-oh, that I don't want to mess with was my grandmother. Now, my mother's oh, mother, yeah. so whenever I got mad at my mother, I knew I could either call my father or call my grandmother because I knew they would get her. But I didn't have that fear. So what do you do with kids that don't fear their parents? How would you handle that? Well, I think part of what I've seen in terms of addressing that, um, because I grew up with that fear, and actually at 50 years of age, I still have a uh, respectful fear of my mother because she still has a look that she can um, give, which puts everybody in line, and even down to her grandchildren. But in terms of working with students, um, I, what I've seen as a result of them not having had those boundaries, it's being very clear. It's going mm-hmm. back to that place where they did not learn um, as a part of their socialization that this is an appropriate response and this is an inappropriate response, but doing mm-hmm. so out of a space where they feel cared for and respected. And I think that that in real time 
is what's most effective because when they don't learn it, you see it manifest in organizations um, in terms of employees who did not learn as children, certain ways to respond. So I think that we have to, at the most basic space, be respectful and clear and consistent. And I found that to be most appropriate in working with different ages and stages of children into adulthood. And, and, and you know what, setting up, and and setting up appropriate boundaries as well, because oftentimes people don't know what a boundary is. And so when you're modeling that behavior, I always tell people that they're always being watched. And so you can be the life of someone or the death, but modeling the behavior that you want to see. And that helps to create safe environments and give people practical tools so they'll know how to use it either in the classroom or in the organizations or even in the homes. Oftentimes, parents are thinking that they're their children's friends. So right there, there's a violation of a boundary. You need to communicate with your kids according to their age and stage of development. But at the same token, you need to understand your position as a parent and really um, cultivate your authority in a way that uh, connects with the child. Correct. I want to go back to something that all three of us said. And I heard your guest say, respectful, to be to basically the respect. Now, that's where we get kind of confused because we, are, we teach people differently. And sometimes we teach them the wrong things. And what happens is when they become an adult, they have to relearn things. So I had to relearn a lot of things. So I'm not going to say that I was just totally, totally out of control, but I was out of control because I, was, I, I did a lot of things that, you know, my aunties and them used to say, every time Jeanette come over here, we always get a whooping. I was always doing something. And one of the things when you talk about parents is one of the things for parents when we talk about our kids are out of control, we got to first find out why. we got to listen to our children because even as small children, they're trying to tell us something, but sometimes we as parents, we don't want to hear it. Or, you know, we're, we're too busy. we got all this stuff going on. Now, there is a difference, and I'm not talking about, you know, there are some kids that are abused, there are some parents that are going through some things, and I know in this show, because we got like four minutes before break, we don't have time to touch on a lot of things, but I want to first start seeing with parents. As parents, what you do matters. This is one of the most important principles that we have to realize, is like Lisa said, your kids are watching you. So a lot of times when we're talking about our kids are out of control, don't just react on a spur of the moment to things. Sometimes we got to ask ourselves, what do I want to accomplish and what is, the li- what is this likely to produce in regards to what result am I going to get? If I go in there and I, you know, what type of discipline am I going to use? And remember, discipline is about teaching. A lot of times we think discipline is punishing. What do you think about that, Lisa? Because we got about three minutes before we um, go to our first break. What do you think about this discipline or the term discipline? Right. You bring up something very important. Discipline is to teach. And what I wanted to do is maybe spend a little bit more time after the break, but um, I have someone here, uh, Dr. Selena Clark, who um, is a mover and shaker, as I mentioned, at Morehouse College, and I know he has a lot to say about this whole idea of discipline and the opportunity to teach versus punishment. So let's um, introduce him um, and share some insights uh, prior to going to break. Uh, Good afternoon, everyone. Um, I am not a psychologist for training, but I am a 
father five times over. And I'll say this to you. You know, I, I lost my father when I was nine years old. So all of my learning and experience about parenting I got from my mother, who was, uh, in my judgment, the salt of the earth. But she was a, a kind of personality type that, and I mean this in no disrespectful way, but loved you to death and loved you to a fault. Mm-hmm. Because in retrospect, with all of the good things she did for us and with us, she never had the heart to be a disciplinarian. Her motto was to always kill you with kindness. And you can imagine the excesses that that created. Uh, the fact that she wanted the best for us, but she didn't really demand the, ex- the best from us. And I think that's where things broke down, and that's where I think the, the, the detrimental effects of a lack of discipline came in. And only, I would say, by the grace of God, were we able to come through it. Um, she mm-hmm. was just a jewel of a person, but being a disciplinary was not a role that, that she wanted to play. Wow. And I said that would be most descriptive um, if we refer back to the parenting styles in terms of permissive. It's not that the parent does not love the child, but when it comes to issues of discipline, they just have larger boundaries around what was allowable behavior. And depending upon the personality of the child, you can go in a positive direction or in a less than positive direction um, as a result of the parenting style. And that is so true. Now, we have one minute before break, and a lot of times, I know some of these terms that we've thrown out there in regards to parenting styles and personality styles, a lot of individuals may not know what we're talking about. And But one of the things I want to say, counseling can work. Counseling is effective. we got a lot of ways of getting information, a lot of resources out there, and a lot of people that are trying to make a difference in strengthening families because we don't want people to be out of control. We don't want people to be in pain. So we're going to be taking a break and come back and join us as we have a lot more information to share as we talk to the parents and if some of the students are listening because kids are out of school right now, it is summertime, so if you're that bored, you can sit down and listen. You might learn something. So until then, let's take a break. We'll be right back with Precious Predicaments with Jeanette Abney and guests. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Do you have complete control over your thoughts and your life? It seems like we do, but there are always outside forces that are wreaking havoc with that control. How do we get our thoughts back on track, so to speak? Listen for help. My thoughts are holding me hostage with Dr. Jeffrey Fannin. When you command the power of thought, you can achieve or have whatever you want. Make the laws of the universe work for you. Tune in every Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Life is a journey which never gets easier. As we go through life, we just handle things better as we get to know ourselves. Listen for the Mental Sherpa by Theta Spring. Host Alexandra Janelli believes that each of us are pre-programmed with all the answers and tools we need to move through any situation life throws at us. It's discovering those tools and answers that will set us on the right path to enjoying and navigating life. 
Listen every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Empowerment. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com are tuned in to Precious Predicaments. To reach Jeanette Abney or her guest today, please call into the program at 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to lmft at gmail.com. Now, back to Precious Predicaments. Thank you, and welcome back to Precious Predicaments with Jeanette Abney and our special guest. Today's topic, as you know, we're talking about help my kids are out of control. Like I said, it's summertime. A lot of times we got kids and we don't know how to handle them. We don't know what to do. And we talked a little bit about parenting styles. We talked a little bit about discipline. And I like how the gentleman that was basically talking about parents being too loving. And, you know, sometimes it's not that the parents don't care. It's that, that style of parenting where I'm going to love you to do the right thing. Now, as we know, it's not easy to discipline kids and especially big children or teenagers. And we as parents, we also have to learn how to handle our temper. We also have to learn how to handle when our kids are demonstrating certain behaviors. We talked a little bit about setting boundaries. We got to know how to set limits. We have to avoid power struggles. And we have to discipline with love. And that's some of the things that we're going to do and we're going to need to talk about. And one of the things I want to say with discipline is the punishment should fit the crime. Now, I want to go a little bit into, as we know, parents can be, um, we have to, parents can be good examples, but I want to talk about, um, in the news, in the media, and the guest that's on the air with me, I don't know if you guys on Facebook saw where the 70-year-old woman, a great-grandmother, got arrested, and she basically was arrested for having her granddaughter to go get a switch and whooped her granddaughter for being disrespectful. Now, we talk about respect and talking about fear, and sometimes parents want to initiate that fear, but what happens when grandparents or great-grandparents dealing with the old-school ways of doing things? What do you guys think about that with the grandparents that 70 years old that got arrested for whooping her granddaughter? Oh, wow. I'm not um, familiar with that particular story, but a similar story about a a mother who uh, disciplined her sons with a spanking because they had broken into um, yeah. a home That's and she was arrested. But in terms of, uh, well, I was raised old school, and I do think that there's a difference between um, child abuse and spanking mm-hmm. and whipping. So I want to be very, very clear um, because I was aware that if I broke the rules, of, my, of our home, that that was a potential consequence. It wasn't the only mm-hmm. consequence, but it was. So I think that part of what I would want to examine is whether or not the child was physically harmed in the process of the spanking, um, but I don't believe that corporal punishment is a inappropriate response. I think that being harmful to a child is where it becomes abuse. Um, but I don't think that the old school 
way of administering a spanking because we too had to go and pick our switch off the tree. I'm from Mobile, Alabama. And I can tell you that at 50 years of age, I was not traumatized by my parents or by spanking and neither were any of my siblings or cousins. I think that there's a difference between a spanking and abuse. I also think that there's a cultural piece that's not Mm -hmm. always recognized or understood. Historically, in the South, you had to make sure that your kids stayed safe because their lives could be threatened in terms right. of the whole order of the South. And I think that that's a part of the culture and the history that people dismiss, and they also confuse the discipline of spanking with whipping. And you know what? And that's true because I remember growing up, and I used to say, and it made no sense to me, my mother used to say, I'm going to beat your butt before the police have to do it. And at first, I was like, police ain't beating up no girls. Why they? And then when I saw the episode or when the lady got, you know, hit by the, the highway patrol officer, I was like, uh-oh, I guess my mother was telling the truth. And I remember even growing up in Compton with my grandmother. I'll never forget one time I got a whoop by my grandmother. I don't know what I did, but she told me to go get a switch. And she had this tree she had pushed and I thought, because I thought I was split. I'm going to go get the smallest branch. Man, them smaller branches hurt big, more, more than the bigger ones. But then I learned with my mother when she would say, go get me a switch. I'll go get something so big. She'll wear her arm out trying to hit me with that big old thing. Because I had to figure out how I'm going to manipulate this. Because if I'm going to get a whooping with a switch, I'm going to try to find a switch that's going to fit me. Because I did not like <laughs> it. And when I got, became an adult, I cut down every tree in my house. I didn't want to see a tree. I got so sick of switches. <laughs> so when we talk about that, and even talking about the discipline, and I want to say there is a difference between abuse and whooping your kids. There really is, and it is a cultural thing. And I've heard some kids even say, my parents, I wish they would have disciplined me. I wish they would have let me know that they cared. Now, but another thing with that is when a person would say, I'm doing this because I love you. That's also confusing. So one of the things is we have to, as parents, we have to be good examples for our kids. We really do. And one of the things is, is do as I say, not as I do. Because one of the things with being a good example is children learn from watching their parents. And if you don't want your children throwing temper tantrums, if you don't want your children to be out of control, we as parents, we got to not be out of control too. What do you guys have to say about that? Oh, I, I actually totally agree with that. But let me let me give you a different angle, a different slant on this business of spanking and corporal punishment. I and I say this with no great pride. I mean, I, I was as bad a kid as you can possibly imagine. And somewhere around, I don't know, sixteen, seventeen, hanging out with the wrong group, and they turned me on to cheap wine and hanging out on the corners. And that evolved into a taste for, for alcohol, harder stuff. And I distinctly remember, now this may sound perverted, but I have no reason to make this up or exaggerate. My mother understood that I was a gregarious kind of guy and I liked hanging out with the guys. So she cut me a deal. And she said, all right, if you do your homework, you go to school, you know, I will pay for a fifth of gin, of Seagram's gin, Ooh. And you can drink it over the course of the weekend if you stay home. And by staying home in the basement and playing pool 
she thought I was safe and she was keeping me safe. So, you know, as, as an apparent now, I saw that, I see that as all a sort of pact with the devil. Mm-hmm. She was trying to elect the, you know, the, the, the path of least resistance. And that's all she could think to do. Now, today, we as parents, we would be horrified by that, right? None of us would seriously consider such a thing. But this was a woman who had out-of-control um, kids that she could not physically spank. So she went over to the other end, tail of the north, of the bell curve, and she tried again, teach by uh, kill you with kindness. And in the end, ended up, in my judgment, being way more permissive than she could have or should have been. And you but it also allowed her to accomplish the goal. And I think that's part of what we have to also understand is that not, you don't necessarily, there's not always one solution because each situation is so different. And although that would not have been how my parents would have handled that situation, our parents had the same goal to keep us safe mm-hmm. and out of harm's way. And with you, and so I think that it's important to recognize that as parents, as you said earlier, we don't get a manual. What we try to do is to make the best decisions to keep our children safe under the situations and the conditions that we're confronted with. And within the context of a permissive parent, of, of a permissive style of parenting, that was a reasonable solution that achieved that end. Um, but I was raised with the do as I say, not as I do, because the reality was that I'm the adult and you're the child. And as you mature, you will be able to make large decisions. You'll be able to make your own decisions and understand the consequences of those decisions. Uh, so I think that it's so important for us to truly understand the personality of the children while also maintaining the authority as the parent. And children know when we give over, when we concede our responsibility as parents. Um, one of the things that Dr. Romain mentioned earlier um, that is that's very important is that you cannot be your child's friend mm-hmm. and be their parent because then that equalizes that relationship in a way that I believe is unhealthy. Mm-hmm. And one of the other things that um, we have to be mindful of is discipline, which is to teach. And oftentimes when uh, parents are um, physically exerting um, punishment with a weapon, a belt, a whip or whatever they choose, they also have unhealthy words that go along with that. Mm-hmm. So oftentimes it's not necessarily the beating that takes the kid out, although it's painful. It's the words that came with it. You are nothing. You are, will amount to nothing or whatever that demeaning went on along with the physical um, piece of it, which crosses over into the line of abuse. So we have to be mindful of that as well. Words are very you- powerful. And, you know, Lisa, I want to say, um, and I've mentioned before, my mother had the kind of like the gentleman that was speaking, I'd rather for my kids to get drunk or high at home than do it out in the street. And that was a mixed message to me because I have a sister, she's almost 50 years old herself, and she still do the same thing. And I didn't find that to be effective, but my mother thought she could control it. And some things you cannot control when you're talking about addiction, addictive behaviors, and things of that nature. So even with my son, when he started getting out of control and he became, you know, too big for me to start trying to whoop, 
I had a bad habit of whooping and talking and whooping and talking. And I'll never forget my daughter told me one time, Lisa, she said, but I was in the closet hyperventilating because I was trying to discipline the way my mother did. First, it got to the point that when the bell wasn't working, I threw that bell down and I just put my stands on and I started punching. And I was like, okay, let me see if this go work. But then with the bell as I'm talking, I couldn't even breathe. My daughter came in the room. She told me, she said, you go get enough of trying to talk and whoop at the same time. And it took a child trying to tell me how to discipline a brother. So mm. one of the things, like I said, we got we to gotta first adapt our parenting style to fit our children. And we also have to realize if something is not working, we got to try something different. And we also got to know, even as we're doing these things, we got to know some of the signs of when our kids are also in trouble and what they're going to need at that time. Now, one of the things I want to talk about, too, is when we talk about being out of control, we have to learn how to avoid reinforcing undesirable behavior, meaning that when our children are doing things that's out of control, it can be tempting sometimes to give them anything that they want so that they'll stop or they'll, you know, stop wearing us down and getting on our nerves. But rewarding tantrums and rewarding certain things is a surefire way to make things worse. What do you guys think about that? Hmm. Well, no, I, I think that it, it goes back to issues of consistency. I think we also have to understand that there are certain behaviors that we should anticipate and expect mm-hmm. from our children at different points of their development. We should expect that a two-year-old or three-year-old will have a tantrum. But how we respond to that tantrum at home when no one is looking is going to determine how that child acts in public when they don't get their way. So if you reinforce the behavior by allowing the child to have a tantrum, then the tantrum is going to be worse in public because children live in public what they learn at home. And I think that... We have to, again, understand that unless the child has some significant personality disorder or if there is some developmental or organic issue, that we're shaping and contributing to the behaviors that we see. Yeah, but, but fast forward. The, cop, the, the kid who throws attention comes of age. Now he or she is in their adolescence. The danger always is that you will lose them. You will push them out of the nest and into the arms of people who manipulate them even more. One of the main reasons, one of the main techniques of um, cult leaders and other people like that is to set, one of the main strategies is to separate kids from their parents. Once yeah. they're successful at doing that, mm-hmm. they have them. They can remold and reshape their priorities any way they want. So it's a delicate balancing act. Because we're not talking about tangents that we could look at the kid, the small kid, like he's crazy and just step over him. Mm-hmm. Now we're talking about these adults who are in formation who, as a recourse, will take to the streets and quite literally leave the nest. No, I agree. You cannot allow. With, I agree with you. I'm, what I'm saying is it doesn't come as a surprise, the behavior that we're seeing. Mm-hmm. That, that, that's the point that I was focusing on. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and I, I think it goes think. back. I think it goes back to creating safe environments. And oftentimes I think we forget that we have two ears and one mouth. And the power of listening is key. 
when you can listen, there's a lot that you can tune into behaviors. And we've gotten away from this whole idea of just listening to the people who we love and care about. We're so much about what we want to say. And we should be doing a little less of that and a little bit more listening because as we listen, we can pick up on things that are not necessarily apparent behaviorally. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, it's like with raising, um, I raised with my son who's 31, 30, basically I'm a 31 and my daughter is 20, well, he should be 29. They're getting so old, I'm almost getting their ages. My mother used to tell me when my son would do things, when he do something that's out of the norm, let me know. Because his behavior was so predictable till when he started getting in trouble, even as an adult, I laugh at him now. And you don't understand mm-hmm. why I'm laughing. It's because some things I expected. Some things I tried to warn him about, and he still fell in that mm-hmm. trap. And see, we have two minutes before we take our next break, but kids and teenagers would say, well, what am I supposed to do? I'm bored. Or everybody's doing it. You know, they have these different things that they'll say, and even though we establish and sometimes you know, because like I said, there are a lot of us that are really good parents and we do our best. And even though we establish and set these rules, part of a teenager and part of a kid is to find a way to break them. And they're going to do that. And we have to be prepared for that. And we have to be emotionally mature. And we also have to teach our children how to mm-hmm. develop appropriate maturity, first of all, to foster their independence. But not only that, to teach them about how they feel, what's going on. We got to engage in that dialogue. We have to talk to our kids because when something is like our body, when our body is out of control or we're doing something mm-hmm. we supposed to, it's going to respond. It's going to react. And kids do the same thing. And we have to stop closing our eyes, putting blinders on, and things of that nature. Now, we're going to be taking a break, and we're going to be, you know, kind of winding it up and wrapping it up a little bit. But until then, you know, come back. If you want to call in, you can call in if you have any questions. The number is 888-346-9141. And until then, come back with us with Precious Predicaments with Jeanette Abney and special guests as we talk about help my kids are out of control. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. Are you happy in your life or are you just settling? It's time to speak out, take control of your existence, and let your life speak. Bart Queen is the host of A Hero's Journey. His personal goal is to help you find your voice, use that voice, and live the life that you deserve to live. Do more, be more, and give more. Tune in to A Hero's Journey on the Voice America Empowerment Channel, live every Monday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time. You owe it to yourself to tune in and make your voice count. Do you feel alone trying to conquer life's challenges? Do you feel that there's sometimes nowhere to turn and nobody really understands? Remember, you are not alone. Every week, host April Joy Ford, who has faced adversity as a constant in her life, helps you rise above life's challenges with your own blueprint meant to discover the powerful you. April's challenges have included childhood sexual abuse, becoming a widow and single parent at 32, and other such curveballs. She'll help you get empowered holistically every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Empowerment. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. Empowerment. 
You are tuned in to Precious Predicaments. To reach Jeanette Abney or her guest today, please call into the program at 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to jabneylmft at gmail.com. Now, back to Precious Predicaments. Okay, welcome listeners back to Precious Predicaments with Jeanette Abney and special guest coming from Atlanta. And it's interesting how we're able to dialogue with the South versus the California style of parenting and things of that nature. So one of the guests want to share a story about a situation that happened with her son. Okay, you can tell us your story. Oh, okay. And just very quickly, when before break, you mentioned about how sometimes you can do the right things as a parent, but children are going to make their own decisions. And the short story is that um, my son ended up getting drunk one night with his friends in high school while I was out of town, and I had to fly back because he ended up in the emergency room. But as a result of his punishment after learning he was okay was that I actually made him go through the alcohol counseling program at the institution I was working in. I made him do community service over his spring break, and I made him do a a presentation to the youth group at church regarding what happens when you are disobedient and when you make errors, but how your parents are still your best friends. So even Mm -hmm. though I was so displeased and horrified by the behavior, his punishment was to accept responsibility for what he had done and to share that in a way that could be helpful to other, um, you know, teens his age. So I think it's a way to punish our children and not disrespect them or demean them in any way, but he was punished. Um, through community, he had to do community service, alcohol counseling, and to do the presentation at church to the youth group. And you know what? And that's an effective way because I did that with my son. I used to have my son come in sometimes, sit in on my group, and especially with us as therapists and being in this field, a lot of times people think our kids are supposed to be perfect. They are far from perfect sometimes. We do the best that we can, and the one thing with our children is because they know what we do, Sometimes it seems like they just purposely rebel. You know, it's like, mm-hmm. I'll show you. You know, my mother used to tell us that you're not embarrassing yourself, you're embarrassing your parents. And a lot of times mm-hmm. that may not be their goal, but because mm-hmm. they're striving, they're trying to gain their own independence, their own autonomy, they're struggling, you know. But the thing mm-hmm. is, I want to talk a little bit about that because sometimes not only just the, the negative things that they do, a lot of times with kids, we have to also, when they are in control, we have to acknowledge that too. We have to let them know mm-hmm. we're doing a good job. I appreciate how when I left town, I came back, my house was intact. There was no kickback party, mm-hmm. something falling all on the floor, you know, to reward them when they do well, but also not let that be a form of manipulation. So let's talk about, mm-hmm. you know, as we set these limits and awarding or rewarding appropriate behavior. What do you guys think about that? Okay, can you hear me? You know, yes, we can hear you. You know, it's it's important when you were talking about um, cultivating this whole idea of, you know, rewarding good behavior or recognizing when they do something good because oftentimes when people get so accustomed to the negative things, that becomes the norm. So we have to get back to what it's like to um, help the person become whole, and a lot of that is recognizing you're doing a great job. 
I really appreciate it when you went and you did the dishes without me asking you to. I appreciate you going and taking out the trash. I appreciate you dropping your sister off and picking your brother up, you know, for me. I appreciate, you know, you doing whatever it is. When people give you a compliment, there's something on the inside of you that, that lights up. And if we've not been shown how to do that as a young person, as an adult, that's not natural for us. So we also have to get around people who are uh, positive and encouraging and show us how to do that. And when you talked a little bit earlier about this whole idea of, you know, um, so kids are bored, what do we do? We don't know what to do. We have to really be intentional in how we communicate with people. We have to be into people. We have to create situations where we learn and we watch people and we get them to really uh, do some inner work, if you will, on what is it about me that makes me unique and special? What are my talents? What are my skills? And we need to create opportunities and resources for the people that we care about to expose them to those things as well. And by doing that, a lot of positive things are going to come out because we have everything that we need to succeed. Oftentimes, we just need to be shown how to uproot those things in order for them to shine bright. What do you guys think about that? I I like that. You're right on point. Um, We have to help our children to understand that, first of all, that nobody is perfect and that we, too, made mistakes as a part of our growth and development, that sometimes some of our choices weren't optimal, but we learned from them and tried not to make the same mistakes over and over again, um, telling our stories appropriately, not to get our children to do things, but to understand within whatever age they're at that I, I understand, but it's unacceptable. And that we should expect some things to happen because it happened to us. I don't think that we know too many people who have not made some error as a part of their development, but the correction um, and accepting responsibility is what helps the healing and the positive development because you can also acknowledge, well, I'm glad that you made that decision as opposed to making a different one. I agree. You know, it it just reminds me, you know, this this parenting business is not for the faint-hearted. You really do have to allow yourself. um, Just cut yourself some slack and acknowledge Uh that you're going to make some mistakes along the way because it's a balance, and I keep saying that. This business between rewarding and enabling behavior, it's razor thin. That, that line, and we're going to make some mistakes and we're going to fall on one side or the other on any given call, but that's part of the journey, the joy of being a parent. So, you know, I'll let the creator judge me in the end because I'm sure I've made as many mistakes as, I made, as I've had success. Yes, and I know one of the things that um, when I would talk with my mother, um, God bless her soul, Tilly Earl, who's still um, with us, she would say, well, baby, you really won't know until it's done. Because if what you hope shows up, then you know they heard you and they were listening. But I know even with, I have an older sister and a younger brother, there were different rules for us. Uh, Mm -hmm. I never had a curfew because I knew how to come home. My brother and sister had to have a curfew because they didn't know how to come in from being out, you know, enjoying themselves. And so I think, again, um, there may be different rewards and punishments um, for your children based on who your children are. And I don't think that uh, um, indulging children in a positive way 
is a negative thing either. And sometimes some children need just a little bit more love and direction than other than other children. But one thing I think we do have to be mindful of is even having a a, a an eye on that perfect child, quote unquote, because a lot of times they can be in a lot of pain and they're acting uh-huh. out uncontrollably in ways that we don't always recognize or see. So I think that that's also an important aspect that the perfect child may also be a point of concern because their out-of-controlness is more hidden than the child that we can behaviorally see that's acting out. And you know what? And that is so true. And before I end the show, I'm going to give some the listeners some tips to know if your teen is in trouble. But that is true because even though my mother had three girls, and I was the one that made the good grades. I was the one that everybody thought was a good child. But I was the one that was her most challenging child, even though my youngest sister was the one that also got in a lot of trouble, especially as an adult. She got in a lot of trouble. But the thing is with that is parents know their kids. Parents know yeah. what their kids need. So we have to also, like you said, we got to realize that. And a lot of times, even with siblings and the civil rivalry, a lot of times what parents deal with when the kids get out of control are the children fighting amongst one another. The children fighting each other because mommy let you do this and mommy let you do You know, because I always thought my mother let my baby sister get away with a whole lot of stuff, a lot of stuff. And sometimes she forgets I'm the older sister. But by that same token, that's another thing. So we can speak on that a little bit because we're going to be closing. But what you guys think about that in regards to, I may parent Johnny this way, but I parent so-and-so this way. One may be a girl, one may be a boy, or they may be the same sex. Well, let's talk about that a little bit in regards to, are they out of control because they feel that one is getting more or less than the other? And I am one of those middle children, so I can speak to that a little bit. Um, But it goes back again in terms of setting, um, you know, pretty clear limits. And I always knew what the consequence would be. Um, And I think that is just so important that even as we're raising our kids, knowing what will happen if I do something helps us to help them learn how to accept responsibility, you know, for their choices. And I think that those two things are critical in terms of limits and consequences and helping them to process that at that developmental age, what that means, why did I do this, what contributed to it, and what can happen, uh, what do I need to do so it doesn't happen again. As a single parent, I didn't... I. I had to cook dinner, so I would make my child write essays, three short essays. What did I do? Why did I do it? And what am I going to do not to make it happen again? Okay. That's one, because spanking isn't, because that you have, in terms of having a range of discipline options. Dr. Romain? You know, the theme here is whatever you decide to do, make sure that you are consistent in doing that. Because the moment that you divert from that, then that's when you create even more chaos. And so if you know your child, their personality, um, their age and stage of development, you know what helps them to be the very best, but you also know what uh, can potentially help them um, in ways that are not as healthy. So be consistent in whatever you do because everybody is watching to see if this child has preferential treatment, this child doesn't. But if you are consistent with every one, and sharing information as to why it is this way, and you are also modeling appropriate behavior, it makes it stick, and people still feel loved in the process. And one thing you made me think um, was that we have to know who our children are. 
Because sometimes in educational environments and, you know, um, social environments, other people will tell us about who our children are. And, and, and I think that we owe it to our kids to stand up for them regardless of what the adult person may be saying so that our kids can trust us to know that we will always protect them. But we also have to hold our children accountable when we get reports of their behavior, which is consistent with behaviors that we see and struggle with, to try to have partnerships in those other environments to protect and help our children develop in a positive way. So, okay, we're going to be closing in three minutes. We're going to be closing. I want to thank you guys for being on the show today with Precious Ridiculous with Jeanette Abney. I want to basically give the parents some principles in regards to good parenting to kind of elaborate on some of the things that we said as we're closing. And one, as we know, respect is very important. Respect goes both ways. We have to, as children, respect our parents, and as parents, we have to respect our children. Communication, very important that we learn to communicate we have to learn to talk to, not talk at. And we also have to know that in regards to communication or communicating with someone, we also have to be listeners or good listeners. We also have to remember in regards to principles of good parenting, what you do matters. You cannot be too loving, but we do have to love our children. We have to be involved in our children's life, which is one of the things we talked about. We have to adapt our parenting to fit our children. Meaning, if we're too hard and we need, they need us to be a little softer, we need to do that. We also have to establish and set rules. And as we establish and set these rules, when we draw the line in the sand, we can't keep taking it back. We also have to foster their independence, and we have to be consistent. Now, in regard to doing that, we also have to know when our children are in trouble. Because a lot of times, the acting out behavior is a way of letting us know that there's something wrong. So if our children, whether they're teen, whether they're child, if they're displaying uncontrollable anger with intense outbursts, or if you see that there's uncharacteristic or they're uncharacteristically mean to either their friends and siblings, if they're threatening to harm themselves or others, if they're staying out all night without knowledge or permission, if we notice that they are either skipping school, getting into more trouble at school, coming home, acting differently, if they're having questionable friendships, if they're lying or frequently lying about things that are insignificant, displaying signs of potential substance abuse, if they're locking their doors, drawers, or closets, or if they're withdrawing from most social engagement, we need to get them some help, and counseling is available. If you want to reach me after today's show, you can contact me at JeanetteAbneyLMFT at gmail.com, or you can follow me on my Facebook at JeanetteAbney. LMFT, or you can follow me at Twitter or on Twitter, which is J.A. Precious P. So until then, remember, you're the parent. We're teachers. And what we do matters, and we are role models, whether it's for our kids, our stepkids, our nieces, our nephews, because there's a lot of kids out there in trouble. So until then, or until we speak again, or you hear us again, welcome again to listening or I appreciate you listening to Precious Predicaments with Jeanette Abney and our special guest from the ATL. So thank you very much for being there with me. Thank you, Lisa. Have a safe trip back. You guys make sure you take care of my girl. And again, thank you for listening to Precious Predicaments with Jeanette Abney. And Lisa, bring me back from the East. Thank you. <laughs> 
We hope you've enjoyed this week's edition of Precious Predicaments with Jeanette Abney. Please join us again for another program next Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Until then, have an easy and relaxing week. You've got this.